0: Over 20 years ago, I was injured on the job, which left me with a severe permanent disability. It forced me to discover my true passion and purpose. It wasn't until I started my direct sales business and later became one of the company's gratitude ambassadors that I realized I am a giver, a humanitarian, a cheerleader, and have a deep desire to inspire others. I had no idea it was possible to have a bigger impact until I launched my podcast to inspire others to live their passion, reclaim their purpose, and be open to so many possibilities. I am your host, Candace Snyder, and this is the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Welcome to the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities Podcast. Today, I'd like to introduce you to our guests, Nancy Paradise. Nancy is the database manager at Special Olympics, Minnesota. She was crowned Mrs. Minnesota International 2004. She's been married to her husband, Francois, almost 42 years and is the mother of four grown children and the nana to five grandchildren. And in 2020, she went back to school to complete her degree in health sciences. Welcome, Nancy. Thanks, Candice. It's so nice to meet you. So so great to meet you too. (laughs) So today is a mini podcast episode for our launch. And on the Passion, Purpose, and Possibilities podcast, it's all about sharing our stories and inspiring others. And I know you have an inspiring story. (laughs) I would love for our listeners to get to know how you've been able to combine your passion and purpose and make that your mission. Well, it starts a little
1: bit, um, I know we're not going to get into too much detail here, but my, my brother is special needs. So I had a passion as a seven-year-old <laughs> for special special needs population. And I was going to be a special ed teacher. That was my dream. And um, I, I, I started school and then I met my husband and we started a family. And God took me on a different path, which is all good. So I didn't finish school back then, but I, um, I was in that world. I was a para for five years. I now, you know, again, working at Special Olympics, I'm in that dream job that I'm in that population. And although I'm the, the geeky database manager person, um, I love that as staff, we are all hands on deck for the competitions for our athletes. So the engagement with the athletes is what I love about my job, for sure. So to combine that, that that is my passion. I'm in my world. I didn't have to get my degree as a special ed teacher to, to live that purpose and to then to bring my brother along with me on that journey where he became an athlete at age 38.
0: Wow, that is so awesome and inspiring. Just tell tell us a little bit about your brother and how he decided that he wanted to be a part of the Special
1: Olympics. Oh, okay, so um, he, he is high functioning. So growing up, and he wasn't athletic, so my parents didn't realize that Special Olympics could have been good for him as a child, um, but they thought it was all about, you know, track and field and he wasn't a good runner. So why would he join Special Olympics? He was 38 and I was Mrs. Apple Valley at the time. I didn't have the title of Mrs. Minnesota yet. And we were I took him to an event um, at the Minnesota Twins. And so he got to meet the manager of the Twins and we were driving home and he was driving. He does. He know, he can drive. And I said, um, OK, no, you don't like to be pushed into things, but I think you'd be re- I think you'd really like Special Olympics. Cause I was I was more involved now. I realized it was much more than just sports. It was co- about confidence and community and all that stuff. So I said, if you want to um, if, if you don't want me to bug you about it, I won't say another word. But if you're just a little interested, let me know. The long pause as he's driving down the road and he goes, I might be a little interested <laughs> So I picked up my cell phone and I called my mom. I said, mom, call the doctor, get a physical scheduled for Dave. I'm going to get him on a special Olympics team here locally and I'll be his partner and it'll all be fun. And so he was 38 then. Now he just turned 56 last month. So 18 years later, he is now just, he does bowling, bocce ball, golf, powerlifting. He's a super plunger. Uh, We have polar plunges here in Minnesota. And I I know we're going to talk about that another time, but yeah, he's crazy about plunging into frozen lakes in the winter, and he. So he was on our board of directors. He is on our executive council for our law enforcement, which is they're a big part of our fundraisers. He speaks to different groups all around the cities about Special Olympics, and he thought he would never ever speak in front of a group of people on a stage, and now sometimes we have to like grab the microphone away from him because he thinks he's a stand-up comedian now. <laughs> so the transformation in the last 18 years Which the only thing I'm a little tiny bit sad about is that my dad was gone before this all happened. Mm -hmm. And he always wanted to make sure Dave had a life of purpose. And, uh, and now he does. And he's just, you should see him post all over Facebook about just yet, just on the 30th of March, we had a big nationwide Jersey Mike's. Um, Everything they sold that day was going for our USA games for our athletes. Not just the profits of that day, all the sales of that day. So my brother posted, he went for lunch and dinner to his local Jersey Mike's. So he loves being that advocate to, to let people know about different fundraisers and what he's doing for Special Olympics. So it's just completely transformed his life. My mother said that I created a monster. <laughs> I, was, I,
0: was, I don't know about that, but... I,
1: in, a, in a good way, in a good way.
0: <laughs> I love that you said you asked him about that you know because just think if you never brought that up to to him yeah his life would look so different
1: completely completely
0: and he he really is an inspiration as well and um i i love that so um i want to know or i want if you could share with our listeners how can people get more involved with special olympics
1: well, we always need volunteers. Now, granted, these last two years have been a little <laughs> crazy for our athletes. They they can't wait to get back into the in-person competitions. So we are in dire need of volunteers again, all over. Whether whether it's our local teams that are starting their practices up again that need volunteers and coaches, um, or you know just our big state competitions where we need volunteers. And of course, we always need funds. Um, we we our donors are so generous and we we've been able to really stay on track these last couple of crazy years. Um, we're very, very blessed. Um, but, uh, you can volunteer or, or give your donation, whichever is your your way of giving your time or money would be absolutely amazing.
0: Great. So you mentioned the last two years, <laughs> you've been able to keep the donations and, and the volunteering going because I know that's been a challenge for, so many nonprofits and organizations where they've had to shut down just because people aren't coming mm-hmm. out or people, you know, some people aren't working, so they don't have that extra money to donate. So exactly. No, I I I don't know how
1: we did it, but we I mean we had to obviously keep our budget down, and not spend as much. Obviously, we had to we did have to lay off some staff, unfortunately, but now. In the last um, six months, we've been able to rehire some of our staff because things are starting up again. Uh, We are going to have our summer games. We are having USA games in Florida, which we send all of our every state sends athletes down there for competition. So things are heating up. We're getting calls. How can we volunteer again? Are we do are you are you doing competitions again? So people are really looking out to get there. But these last two years, we did a lot of um, virtual activities. And so we could still have volunteers come on Zooms or whatever and, and help us with those kinds of things and um, do as much as we could. But even with the um, the plunges, even though a lot of them were virtual, we still had some in person these last couple of years. And so we still needed volunteers, and they still came out. And so we made sure it was all really safe. Everybody was wearing their mask and all that kind of good thing. But we were it was able to, you know, we, we were able to keep it in a safe way and still have volunteers come in. and and people want to volunteer. They they, they love, they get almost more out of it than, than the, than the athletes. They, 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 they come back year after year because they get such a, a great feeling of helping.
0: Yeah. It's so rewarding to, to it is. somebody else. I mean, it can't be all about us, you know, right. Or, right. or, or life is just not fulfilled that way. It's what you do Thank for you. other people. So I, lo- I exactly. love that. And yep. so do you have a lot of athletes going to Florida for these games? from minnesota. we have I, I'm not, I think our quota so they get
1: the the national um office gives us a quota so florida of course gets the biggest quota because they're hosting it but the good news is in four years minnesota is hosting it so we get to have a bigger group going so my brother was a little disappointed that he because he did get chosen to get be interviewed but um they could only send i believe it was two male power lifters and so um and they had like you know, 20 get interviewed. So he didn't get chosen this time, but um, they're hoping that in the four years when they can have more athletes go, then we can have, um, he'll be able to go one last, because he's, he's thinking by the time he's, he's 60, he might not be, be able to compete anymore. I said, Oh my gosh, I'm over 60. Don't worry about it. You can still compete. But anyway, so we had a smaller quota. Like I want to say, um, I think we have like 40, 40, some athletes going with, along with their, some have unified partners, I mean, along with the coaches and unified, I think we have about 150 people going in June. And so I'm, I'm actually on the on the um, the uh, send off committee. We're going to be at the airport, making sure everybody's registered correctly, and sending them off to 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 Florida. So it'll be really fun.
0: That's exciting. Very exciting. So, what is the website? Yeah, so we have a Minnesota, every every um, state has their own chapter.
1: So we have um, SpecialOlympicsMinnesota.org, so you can, all written out, or you could actually, our old website was dot org, and you can still, it'll still direct you to the, the big one. So otherwise, just spell out SpecialOlympicsMinnesota.org, and then our national office is just simply SpecialOlympics.org. And so if you're in a different state um, or even Canada and all over the world, actually, you can find where they're at in different countries. And uh, if you know somebody that would like to join.
0: Oh, perfect. So you can find all the information and the links in our show notes from this mini episode and also be able to connect with Nancy or myself. So thank you, Nancy, so much. It was such a pleasure to have you here and help kick us off with our launch of this podcast.
1: Well, I'm thrilled to help you, Candace, and I can tell you're going to do a really great job. You have such a passion for it. <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, please submit a rating and review and share with a friend. This helps us reach more listeners so we can make a bigger impact. From time to time, we share our reviews live on our episode. Your review could be the next one we share. Please head on over to our website, passion, purpose and possibilities.co to receive a free gift I am waiting for you. And if you heard something today that truly inspired you, I would love to hear about it. You can email me at Candice at passion, purpose and possibilities.co. Thank you again for listening.